This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by Pete Ellison from HeyIt'sPete.com, who is a DJ and artist and t-shirt producer who has a very cool Kickstarter running right now. Yes, this is a Kickstarter uh, with very cute, very awesome, bold, colorful designs that uh, he is going to be screen printing himself in his Portland studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Pete. He's an awesome dude. Um, if you visited Watch Out for Fireballs last year at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, um, you probably saw his booth. It is visually striking. His art um, is super adorable. A lot of times kind of video game crossover stuff, not always. Um, however, and uh, it's really cool. And these T-shirt designs are really great. And, you know, about the time you're listening to this, there's about a week or so left uh, to check out his Kickstarter. So I recommend doing that. Um, you can also listen to his uh, he's got a DJ show called Pump It, which streams on W or excuse me, 91.8 The Fan, which is an online streaming radio station. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm looking at a T-shirt that has an octopus princess with a ray gun. Yeah, it. yeah, it's 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 that kind of it's that kind of stuff, and like super, super thick. Like everything is pleasingly chubby, <laughs> which I like. Like it's, everything just looks like real. I don't know, super super cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so d- definitely worth uh, worth checking out. And uh, he's a good dude, worth supporting his Kickstarter. So you should head on over there. Um, we have this very long unwieldy Kickstarter link, but you should just go to his website mm-hmm. to link to it, which is uh, Um You can also find him on Twitter to find more information about it, which is uh, twitter.com forward slash Pete has a beard. And boy, does he. <laughs> so, yeah. This isn't some kind of beard solidarity move. Like, that is not why we're doing this. Even though when I first met him, he did give me a button that said, cool beard club. And it's got a picture of a beard. So, yeah. And you can probably get that button (laughs) from him at at that website. Yeah, or at that website. Yeah. 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 So, check out his Kickstarter and put some cute on your body. Absolutely. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And my name is Jay Karchi. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a cursed favorite. And this week we are talking about the Shaded Woods and also the Shaded Ruins, this whole conglomerated massive area uh, that lies behind the Lady Statue over yonder. And as you heard, we're joined by Jay, uh, who, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the community manager at uh, Namco Bandai. Is that correct? Uh, Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. That's all right. It it makes it sound like if you get mad at one parent. You can you, you just say, like, okay, Namco Bandai. Oh, Ooh, did, you, did you hear that mistake I made? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay, thank you so much for joining us um, on this. I you know I wanted to, to get you on the show. I noticed on Twitter, you know, a lot of um, the community and, and YouTubers and such were, were following you and retweeting you. And, and uh, you know, I could kind of tell that this, you know, more than your job, you're a fan um, of the game. So it seemed like a, a good fit. Yeah, that um, is uh, that's definitely true. Um, I probably more involved in Dark Souls because it's one of our bigger titles, but also because I was a fan before I started working there, and nice. it was fun to get in touch with all the community leaders and do some cool stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. 
no, it's uh, it's it's going to be great to talk to somebody who's kind of on the other side of the of the community, uh, if we can consider consider ourselves to be part of it. That's that's really weird <laughs> to, yeah. to, 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 to say like, oh, yeah. what's what's happening here? But oh. Yeah, so um, what what did we do last time, Cole? Well, last time we plumbed the depths of the gutter and Black Gulch, which sounds grosser uh, than I meant it to sound when I wrote that. Uh, but we killed the rotten and we claimed another old one's soul, making it uh, two now, I believe. Now with our fragment, uh, our fragrant branch of yore in hand, we're going to check out that weird statue in Majula and find our uh, kind of last spoke that leads off of that area, uh, or at yeah. least for this part of the game. Also, uh, when... Um when I first reached out to you, Jay, um, and kind of let you know what what areas we were still looking for people, I know that you mentioned uh, this one particularly. Like, is there any reason why this is a is this a particular favorite area for you, or have any kind of special resonance? Um, this is one of my favorite. Uh, use the word spokes out of Majula. Um, it always when I was first playing through the game. I mean, everyone has their own way to go through it now, and mm. everyone knows like what the quote unquote right way to progress through, but. <laughs> Um, when I first got to this area, it was the most mysterious. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> There's so many different directions to go. Should I be here now? Should I wait till later? Um, I think that's why I liked it the most. It kind of invoked the most mysteriousness for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, definitely the uh, I, the mis- the mystery resonates for that too. And you know, I'm always looking for points of comparison between Dark Souls One and this, and Demon Souls, looking for anything that you know might be new or novel or a different uh, take on things. And just kind of the the general color palette and uh, layout of this place isn't really something I've seen in the series before. Kind of this autumnal, uh, kind of gray, washed out. Uh, foggy kind of thing and also something kind of this horizontal right you're covering a lot of a, a lot of uh mileage you know there's a mm. lot of as the crow flies distance over yeah. this and uh you know a lot of it's pretty narrow and everything is just kind of set up to take you by surprise right yeah i, I think also that that sense of mystery is is really heightened by the way that you get to this area because you can you can come here right out of majula but you are going to run straight into you know a living statue wall <laughs> Um, you're around some enemies that you're not, uh, you know, necessarily ill-equipped to take. Like they're a little, these goblin, I think is what they're actually <laughs> called. Um, these, these strange gut They have creatures. the ultra panets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen, um, there's a kids in the hall sketch about gut depth yep. where these, these guys are talking about their gut depth. That's what these guys look like to me. <laughs> um, just like Mark, Mark's McKenney with gigantic, <laughs> uh, half deflated, you know, gut numbers just <laughs> rolling on their, their trouser front. Yeah. And the, well, uh, that are hitting you with poison rib cage hammers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, their attacks are really tough, really annoying to get hit with. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, uh, you know, and especially, I mean, poison is such a big deal mm-hmm. in this game too. Like if anything is going to signal you to come back later, it could possibly be that Yeah, when you first get here other than, you know, uh, <laughs> the statue lady. Yeah. Well, also, like when you first come here, you know, th- this can potentially be one uh, among the handful of the first enemies that you encounter in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're taking that path off to the left, oh, okay, here's a guy who's talking about a statue and he's got the moonlight sword. Great, cool. Let me open this door and then just get smashed. Yeah. Probably before I even find <laughs> the Emerald Herald. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's like, it's entirely my fault, but. Yeah. Yep. Well, th- one of the things too is I love that um, right on the other side of this door. So even before you unfreeze uh, Rosabeth, mm-hmm. um, you can hear the basilisks <laughs> yep. in the other room, yep. which is like, man, is that a, a wonderful 
kind of subconscious Pavlovian response. Like when you, you know, play Dark Souls one, like, oh man, you yeah. know. And that's kind of an introdu- introduction to how important sound is in this entire spoke too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And just like really, really pay attention and tune into that, uh, into that frequency there. Yeah. Um, so uh, there, there's not really much to say about Ben Hart, who's kind of the guy. Uh, I, I guess I would call him the the, the Siegfried of this game. Sig, Sig, Sigmeier. 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 There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Siglunds. Yeah. So Sigmeier uh, of this game in that I can't really figure out what his path is. And he always comes to be, yeah, he kind of seems to always be haplessly sitting next to something. One of the interesting things was we had a, we had a press event really early on. We first got a decent build of the game to show. And we invited a bunch of press, but I also invited a bunch of community guys, whoever was kind of local to the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, to come out and check out the game. And they had, like, an hour or so with this, like, first couple hours of the game. Mm-hmm. And so all these guys jumped in there, and they're digging it. They're killing everybody they can. They're running everywhere they can. They're trying to figure <laughs> out as much, trying to, like, you know, extract as much info as possible from this build. And um, all of them eventually note, found Ben Hart, and then some people killed him and then they read the description of a sword and mm-hmm. were so confused wanted to know all the information and at that time i have no idea like we just got to build i have no idea what the lore is or what's going on <laughs> but that was that was pretty funny when everybody first kind of saw his sword and what yeah. that was all about yeah because it's so iconic like it's iconic of a lot of from's work you know yeah. it shows up in everything and to see it even armored core yep yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and to just have it pop up, you know, and be like, okay, I know from playing Dark Souls one that if I'm just you know persistent enough, I can take this guy down and possibly have one of the best swords in the series right away. Well, like that, it's really tempting. Well, that's the joke, though. Well, yeah, you know, is, is that, <laughs> yes, I'm aware that that is the yeah, joke, which is, which is Tem- so good. <laughs> tempting into dot dot dot. Well, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, I I find like that that the last part to be one of the big kind of exhibits of evidence that dark souls 2 has such a more pronounced sense of humor than the first one mm-hmm. you know like there there are a couple willfully subversive things like that and uh and, and this is one of them because i definitely rolled up since it's so close to the beginning of the game rolled up a character just to kill him like i didn't want him killed in my canon game but <laughs> I, you know i made a guy just to go go kill him real quick to see what would happen and uh and got that sword we can probably um talk a talk a little bit more about him when we do like our wrap-up episode where we talk about yeah. memories and the like yeah because that's kind of where he finishes out yeah. Or close to where he finishes out, um, and there might be more to him, but I don't know it necessarily. Like he seems pretty, pretty simple and on the page as far as kind of backstory. Yeah. Do, you, mm-hmm. do Jay? Do you have any ideas about him that maybe, maybe we don't? Not I don't necessarily think insider I have anything but... deep to share that isn't already known or everybody isn't aware. Yeah. Funny thing is, I'm like super into the dark souls as soon as it launched i'm super involved i'm talking to everybody every day i'm running over talking to the testers all the time and their Mm -hmm. theories and then after the game launches and we get all those critical patches out then like my job kind of pulls away and i kind of try to slowly extract myself from the community not that i want to but i just Mm -hmm. kind of have to by necessity because i can't keep up with it every day all day i've worked on other games unfortunately Mm mm-hmm yeah, well, that's that's why we're here to pull you back in. Like, you, you think <laughs> yeah, you, you think you great. Got out. I appreciate it. Yeah, you, you think you got out, <laughs> like, buddy? Like Michael Corleone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you if you ever try to quit the community, it's like a gang disinitiation where you have to walk down a line where it's like <laughs> us I, and body and EMB, and we just have to we each get to hit you with a stick, and then if you make it to I, the end, you get out. And I don't want to. I mean, we have yeah. DLC coming up. It's just uh, yeah. unfortunately the necessity of the 
job. Yeah. Oh, totally. Love love Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. talk about it all day. Yeah. My last thing about Ben Hart is because he is from the kingdom of Hugo, he has my favorite nickname in the game, the Juice. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is a, com- a complete non sequitur, and I'm sorry to train wreck us <laughs> into that. But uh, if I ever refer to somebody as the Juice from now on, it's going to be referring to Ben Hart. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Sadly, Rosabeth doesn't get a nickname. No, because no. this is this is the the chamber of NPCs without much backstory, <laughs> <laughs> or with delightfully simple backstory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's just kind of cool because you know you get the idea with like Lordran that that is a sealed, forbidden kingdom that everybody is there on a mission, right? And that, yep. to a certain extent, is true of Drang Lake as well. I mean, people are drawn here, and, you know, it is like a like an incubator as you're waiting to go hollow. But the idea of people kind of gathering around Majula as this community, um, what is it? Uh, the, uh, the the achievement for for getting everybody to a gathering Majula, of a gathering of outcasts. And that feels so apt, especially for somebody like Rosabeth, who has kind of a sad backstory, right? Like, you know, like <laughs> weird, poignant moments in dark souls dialogue i guess that are like really resonant but rosabeth says it's a shame that the thing you're passionate about isn't the thing you're also good at <laughs> you know yeah yeah Re- referring to the fact that carhelion he's really only inter- interested in sorcery and you know he came here you know on the bit on the big bag boat uh you know looking to get closer to you know whatever uh is the essential essence of uh Dranglick in order to improve his craft and he really looks down on rosabeth for just really kind of just focusing on pyromancy because it is still at least to his mind because he's kind of a jerk a lesser form of you know cooking people right yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah sending them the burning man <laughs> the, and and you also get the impression that he kind of ditched her here too mm-hmm. like the both the both the kind of setups with the the two statue npcs we run into it's kind of interesting like it's noteworthy that when we find straight, like he's not, the door isn't closed. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't turned into a statue inside a cell. You know, we refer to him as imprisoned a lot, but that door, you know, he's, he's just imprisoned by, by a statue state. And Rosabeth here is either trying to escape in or out of this area we're talking about mm-hmm. when she gets, uh, gets paralyzed. Right. So, and Carlin is just like, well, fuck it. You know, yeah. I'm out of it. I'm going to pirate town <laughs> and, you know, hey, diddly dee. It's a pirate's life for me. Like for me, yeah. <laughs> um, that's him. So it is kind of sad. And she has this kind of uh, unblinking and, you know, kind of loyalty to him as well. Mm-hmm. That's a darling. Also, you get to dress her up however you like. <laughs> which, which, which is not uh, using the Xanthus set. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a very interesting feature when I first came, <laughs> first came across it. Okay, I'll give her clothes. All right, that's it. You gave her clothes. Yeah. Now move on. Okay, cool. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a nice All right. gesture that you can perform. <laughs> No, it's it's like funny because get... as a couple of us were playing through the office, like a couple weeks before the game came out, you know, so much of this stuff, like that was just another thing that you came across. You're just like, oh, well, classic from software, whatever. And, <laughs> you know, like some stuff we figured out later, like, oh, that's there because of this. But that's one of those like, nope, it's still just it doesn't mean anything. You just give her some clothes, get an achievement, move on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no like special clothes you can give her that, you know. Anything like that. Like some kind of weird curse corrupted set of armor that slowly turned her evil. <laughs> like can, <laughs> man, yeah. can can you give her the butterfly set so she becomes poisonous? Oh, I don't oh, know. Man. And when then you just first... have this poison tower. 
I'm a jeweler. <laughs> when I first heard about the butterfly set, I was like, that's a joke. You just made that up. That's not yeah. real. <laughs> One of the testers came running over. Like, Dude. <laughs> I, I got I to try that now. I got to set it up. <laughs> That's, uh, that's probably about what like like uh like five hours of work something oh no <laughs> le- le- yeah less than that i bet yeah like I if i do it in a game i don't care about yeah the butterfly set already i just had to aesthetic up uh you know majula before i go to the shaded ruins yeah makes okay. sense yeah but, yeah. but you, you unfreeze her and it's a it's a remarkably fluid animation <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it's kind of like uh andre of astora talking with his with his jaw once you notice it you realize oh this is something totally customized um, and when you see it here, like wow, they they probably mocapped that in a game where very little seems to be mocapped. Yeah, it looks real good. Yeah, but uh, you you open it up, and uh, boy, howdy, is that a harsh uh, introduction to the shaded woods? Yeah, this ambush. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> An ambush opening up onto one of the least safe bonfires outside of Sinner's Rise. Yeah, where it's like just in Basilisk Town. <laughs> yep, you know. It's about it's a bonfire inside a basilisk. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> and so like and, and choosing basilisk as an enemy to bring back from the first one is so smart because like I feel like that enemy maybe more than almost any other enemy in Dark Souls One is so infamous. You know? Yeah. Um if I hadn't had the kind of collective unconscious of of the community when I started, mm-hmm. like I also would have a thousand paralyzation you know, petrify stories <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, making curse, like teasing you with what, you know, cursed meaning a different thing. So you have a sense of relief, like, Oh, I've gotten cursed. It's not really a big deal. And yeah. then introducing basilis that do this other effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like cursing Super was scary. And I was freaking out the first time I had me in dark souls too. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. It's not that big of a deal now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no, bring it on, man. Yeah. yeah. Like you can go through this next area and just get cursed for days, <laughs> you know, just, just let it happen. <laughs> Yeah, um, or just be maximum cursed by the time you yeah. walk in, and it doesn't even give you an effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you make it through this, and you have this kind of long foresty pathway with these goblins um, that are continuously setting up ambushes, throwing rocks, smacking you with ribcage clubs. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's not you know it's not too bad, but kind of increasing numbers of, of enemies, kind of like a first area in the game where you're, it's kind of teaching you a deal, you know, multitask. Yeah. And uh, then they get to these crossroads. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, this is probably one of my favorite atmosphere bits in the game, honestly. And it may just be residual kind of like um, memories of those first trailers that they showed of the of the chosen undead or whatever fighting those kind of shy guy looking knights in a forest mm-hmm. that looked like this. I was right. kind of hoping that would still happen, and I'm in my heart of hearts hoping that they pop up in uh, one of the DLCs. Um, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the, the just that that atmosphere of this again this autumnal wood um you know even though not much happens here there's a lot to look at and there's a mm-hmm. lot to kind of appreciate in the atmosphere yeah. yeah i think that it's probably safe to say now and <laughs> i could be wrong because any info any information that we get i mean we're the publisher of the game we don't make the game <laughs> any information that we get is always you know not a, we're not sitting next to guys from software talking about what they're going to do like they would discuss that with us anyway um the shy guy looking guys i mean those were from like a long like a long time ago i think just like very early in the design process and this is all speculation i don't i don't have 
uh, my knowledge is secondhand um, <laughs> yeah. because we wanted to do some promotions like we had a group that wanted to make a live action video and we wanted to like make figurines and we just we want to do different stuff so we kept on asking him like can we get that is that enemy going to be like kind of like we were looking for like a black knight of dark souls 2 yeah like well, what's a kind of iconic enemy that we can you know not to spoil anything we just want to do something with and we kept on getting like pushback, like, oh, you know, design, we don't know about that. We don't really know about that guy. And I'm pretty sure they ended up turning into the, um, the mannequin masks. Oh, really? I'm, pr- I'm mm. pretty sure that's the. I'm almost 100 percent sure the, the, that's the, the new. Yeah, the ones that pop up in Earth and Peak. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so you guys talked about that in Earth and Peak, but uh, it was crazy because we kept on asking for the the mask, and mm. we finally just got. Somebody said, "Oh, it's that they don't have a head now." <laughs> That's so funny. That's so what? good. They don't yeah. have a head. And and that mask, the mannequin mask, is so derpy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Hilarious. But like, it's uh, yeah. The I like the well. You could talk about Earth and Peak some other time. I like the lore there, but yeah, yeah, it was that's kind of a funny story. When people say like, "Oh, I hope it's going to come with DLC," I'm like, "Well, I <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> count on it." Yeah. Okay, they, they they just changed it into something something completely different. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, salt salty earth, take away the head. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather learn that now than you know September twenty second when I beat the Ivory King. Like, oh, <laughs> all hope hey, is lost. That could- that could still happen, and I we could just you know be wrong. <laughs> Look back yeah. on this and laugh. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's just a big chest full of those masks. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, the we, King. we get the information for everybody else does, but it's not mm-hmm. like we. From Software's obviously in their game design, they're very. Um, they don't explain a lot, mm-hmm. and that's um, that transfers into their their work as well. Like the way they design the game, like they don't want to. Like soul memory, um, yeah. They didn't want to tell us the exact values. They're like, we don't want people to know, so we don't want to tell you. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, as working a publisher for them, like sometimes it can be frustrating. But that's like you really, res- you really have to respect that. That they just want their design to be so close to their chest. Like they want, they want a certain experience. People to have a certain experience. And they don't want to ruin that for anybody. Mm-hmm. Like they're really yes. worried early on about different mechanic spoilers and stuff. Like they just want people to figure stuff out on their own. So I mean, you really have to respect that. Yeah, it's weird because they want to keep the box closed so people don't play with it. They're it's like, here, yeah. take this thing and have it as we give it to you. Don't rip it apart. You know, oh, but everyone well, wants to rip it apart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, totally. And it's interesting because that that inevitably will happen, and it kind of creates this kind of cool curve, like. I first played Dark Souls 2, I went and tried to go into as blind as possible. So all of that stuff was a mystery to me. And then, uh, you know, once I get, I do that first version run through, and then I want all of the information possible. (laughs) I just want everything. So you got guys like um, Illusory Wall, who are literally just data mining the game and and finding the actual values of this stuff and finding cut content and and swords and and pieces of armor and meshes and models and stuff that didn't make it into the game. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's just kind of this amazing, um, like, uh, rising pressure and then just huge release that comes when like it just all becomes available at the same yeah. time. It's super neat. And like, it's crazy because I talk about this often, but in Dark Souls and Demon Souls and even Dark Souls One to an extent, I don't think there was as much expectation or hype or eyes on the game when it released. Mm-hmm. Like Dark Souls One came out, everyone was excited to play it, and then they played it and they're like, "Oh my god, there's so much more." There's so much more under the hood. And then people kind of slowly started to figure out everything. 
Dark Souls 2, I feel like, before the game even released, everyone needed to know exactly how everything worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And some, some people got, there's definitely frustrations there. Like, somebody's like, no, I just want to know how the game works. It's like, <laughs> I understand that, but yeah. we don't know. So do I, buddy. I don't know exactly how <laughs> how soul memory works. Like, you're, <laughs> you're just going to have to go try it out. <laughs> the pre- the previews that I saw of Dark Souls 2 were some of the most mechanically focused pieces of game journalist or journalism I've ever I've ever read. Like stuff mm-hmm. focusing on the way the health system works. Like as opposed to other previews which are like here are the scenarios you're going to hit. Like that the, there was this, you know, pressure I saw in these to to, to, to get that out there to kind of like allay people's fears and get them prepared for the stuff that was changing. Yeah. You know? And I think a lot of that reflects on the writers. Like I think they feel a lot of pressure because they know it's a hardcore game. So they want to relay as many mechanical things as they can to kind of please their audience. But at the same time, like story and like you spend two hours with this game going in blind. What do you know about the story? You don't, mm-hmm. You don't know jack shit. Yeah. <laughs> Is it related? You don't want to say, oh, this definitely takes place in the same place Dark Souls 2 does, because, well, <laughs> you, you might be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> like, nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. Oh. So you can't really, it's hard to make, like, statements about the game, because you know it's going to be picked apart and analyzed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> but you, you proceed down this path, and uh, you get to... Something that's kind of rare, which is a crossroads, right? Like an actual explicit crossroads. In fact, I believe that's mm-hmm. what the the, uh, the the bonfire is called. This whole time you've been going into these aqueducts, which are kind of reminiscent of, you know, the dark route. You know, everything that kind of extends out from the undead berg in that area. And you're in this kind of shrine looking place with a defaced statue and uh, some rings that really kind of evoke firelink to me. To you mm-hmm. know, to 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 a certain extent, and that that may just be, or is likely a coincidence. But it gives you uh, gives you an option uh, of which way to go. Left, kind of gives you an right. option. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you 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 can go left, right, or forward. Only one of them goes to a place you can get right now, but uh, yeah. all of them take you to some kind of terminus, right? Yeah, and like I said, this was the one of the more interesting places when I first started playing the game because I think I cleared lost sinner was my first greater soul mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then i went straight here so i know there's other places i can go and then i walk here and there's multiple paths i can go i just feel kind of not overwhelmed but just kind of excited like <laughs> the, the rpg gamer inside of me is like oh hell yeah like there's tons of places i can go yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's interesting because we we recorded the um, responses episode already um in advance of this and the um that's something that our listeners picked up on as well um both for good and bad like some people really liked that and responded well to it and some people did not like that and felt a little too overwhelmed by having mm-hmm. the kind of myriad of options that came with this area and that kind of carries through too like into the into the next major area of it as well which is not kind of a path like it is a, a larger expanse to explore but i i think i'm, I'm more like you where that kind of jazzes me up you know yeah and i i was just going in without before i even got hands on the build i was just hearing like development stories like oh it's maybe going to be delayed or oh we're working hard to make the deadlines and i would just go to the testers like every day like how is the game is it (laughs) big 
is it good? <laughs> Are there different places to go? Like, I was legitimately nervous just because I knew there's high expectations for uh, across all fronts. Like, I was nervous about how big the game was going to be and how... Um, I know we had talked a lot about branching paths, like different options, and I didn't know how true that was. Mm-hmm. So I was I was glad to hear there was... Once I saw those, I was like, okay, yeah, good. There's, sure. there's some time we can spend here. Yeah, but I, I, when, uh, when Cole and I were both playing it, um, when it came out and we're texting back and forth, that's something that I think we both picked up on as well, where like it just felt like the game just kept giving. You know, and... and Having, you know, we were, this was the first, you know, new Souls game that we had come into with the mindset of doing the show and everything. So just having new areas to explore, like I never really wanted that to end, you know. So uh, every time I'd see a title card pop up with a new new area, I would just get this kind of rush of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, what what secrets are here? Where is this going to go to? Yeah. Um, and I still get that. And that's one of the things that makes me really excited about the DLCs is just, you know, kind of regardless of what content they end up having, like I just want more places to explore. In, in this system and this engine with this kind of philosophy behind it. Yeah. Like right. we, we didn't want it to end and it, and it never really seemed to, which that sounds negative when I say it out loud, but you know, it, it really did give us a lot to chew on. Like this is yeah. a gigantic game. Yeah. Um, and you know, just the idea that there are, there are branches within branches within branches um, without, you know, <laughs> recognizing the fact that yeah most of these kind of end in a dead you know dead end path like if you go left here you get a great view of drain lake castle and you can mm-hmm. kind of go around and see the uh the higher perspective on this forest path but also fight the flexile sentry and then get up to uh the shrine of winter which is you know just a just a wall that really just gives you a vague message saying come back later yeah yeah and and that's more than the other path which literally just goes <laughs> to a giant door um, and also, you, and you can get the uh, the red uh, red tearstone ring there, mm-hmm. um, and the Aldia's path, but it's not very good in this uh, in the sequel. Like that, that's been changed quite a bit. You know, I never mm-hmm. I never drew the connection, but um, the <laughs> the door to Aldia says uh, produce the symbol of the king. That's remarkably similar to the door in Kingsfield Four. Oh sure, be, you says, have to be kingly you, to you enter. Must be more kingly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised you didn't make that. I, I thought that I like when we first I'm... ran to one of those doors, I was. I thought we were operating under that, that assumption. <laughs> I'm convinced that somewhere down the line from software is going to release a book that's like, this is how all of our lores from all of our games fit together in one story. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and yeah. then and it'll be in Japanese only and, and yeah. then that'll right, be right. the end of me. And not even like, <laughs> oh, they kind of fit together. It's like, no, they, we're making the same. We're all yeah. working off the same timeline. Every yeah. game is. Yeah. Armor core is just, you know, a million years in the future. It's fine. Hopefully they do, yeah. it, they, hopefully they, they do it better than uh, Nintendo did with Zelda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that embarrassment. Or that, that Resident Evil book. Did you ever read that Resident <laughs> Evil? Oh, you mean the <laughs> like, novels? No, 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 no. The like compilation that's like Oh yeah, that one. All the history thing. Like I, I bought that once and then found out later it was really rare and sold it for an obscene amount of money. <laughs> and I was just like, this is a terrible book. Why do people want to buy this thing? Um, yeah. yeah, and and then uh 3D Game Dot Heroes is like the uh, like the grandfather telling a grandchild all of the story in storybook form. At the end. <laughs> so all of it turning into a Zelda <laughs> clone. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the, like, the, the, the path that you really need to go on is off to the right there, which is um, guarded or, you know, attended by Creighton the Wanderer, who I will call Creighton the Chameleon because I never notice him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He always blends into the scenery. It's like fucking furniture. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And he's and, sitting there because you've already interacted with him once, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. had to let him out of the jail. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he's and he's heading to you know this this predetermined meeting place, which we'll we'll talk about in uh, in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, yeah, to get to get his revenge, and he doesn't have anything to say. He's just mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so angry. But yeah, let, let's talk about fog, and let's talk about these uh, these invisible these invisible <laughs> warriors here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I love the way that this this looks and and kind of feels like. I feel like if it were if it had more options to get out, like almost if it had more secrets, I would like it a little bit less. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like that. You know, just because it would feel it become tedious to try to either clear out the ghosts or uh, avoid them for that long. But because you just kind of have to make your way to the end and there's so many, you know, if you go, it's just a big circle. So you can get out like you're not going to get trapped in here. Um, but it just gives this illusion of space. Um, again, just kind of going back to, to Zelda, to Hyrule Historia of like at the Lost Woods. Like it just feels like it goes forever and you're passing trees. There are no like set landmarks for you to know, you know, to kind of gauge your, your space by. Um, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Once I wandered in, into this place and uh, figured out what the game was, um, you know, that there were invisible enemies, uh, I immediately switched over to I'm just going to run as fast as I can through this. <laughs> and that that strategy served me very well because I eventually just learned to stick to the outer edge. And that's really where most of the interesting stuff is. There is stuff in the middle and there is a benefit to fighting those invisible guys because it's kind of fun. Yeah. But, um, but like, you know. That was that. That was the big revelation for me. That and also I, when you attack the trees, they scream. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and apparently they distract the enemies too. I didn't know that. Yeah, but I was thoroughly impressed by the way, at least the way I entered and the way I walked, which was probably just to the right. Mm-hmm. And I just hugged the wall. I was impressed by the amount of time until you ran into an enemy. It gave you just enough time to think. Maybe there's not anything here <laughs> and, yeah. until the first one jumps at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, and if you catch it out of the corner of your eye, you're so used to seeing um, phantoms from like other worlds. Yes. And that's kind of yes. what these look like. Yeah. You know, so until it's actually horning in on you, like it's, oh, this thing can actually see me. You know, it's almost like a from beyond moment. Like, <laughs> you know, like this thing that, that I can see can actually see me too. Shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also, like, again, the sound tip, that is the thing that gives them away, is because even though they are invisible, they're not, you know, inaudible. So they're going to, you know, like, just, and again, you're not going to get them in time to stop them from backstabbing you and killing you, (laughs) but uh, but it's going to be enough to let you learn how to avoid them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've been reaching and stretching to try and find any kind of lore significance to them. And the only answer I can find is very unsatisfying, which is, Ooh, these are probably people who died during some kind of battle outside of Dringlick because of the proximity. Like that would, that is literally the only thing I can think of. Well, I heard somebody, I heard somebody, um, make the connection and this is whatever a stretch and how much truth to it, who knows, but. They said it felt like it was a connection to the the forest from Dark Souls One, whatever that forest is called. Uh, I forget Dark now. Root. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's Dark Root, and those were the those people represent the the invaders who mm-hmm. um, were just always always stuck there, always trying to invade, trying to kill other people. 
Mm. Yeah, it's a definite uh, parallel between between yeah. those two areas. Yeah, to my yeah, mind. like the the D and D party from from Dark Root. That would make sense as a thing, huh? Okay, so is the Shaded Woods Dark Root discuss? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think so, but I, don't, I can't say for sure. Proof, um, damn it! I have no I, proof. I, specificity is the soul of narrative. The um, that that is true. Detail is the, the, the soul of narrative. You don't actually need proof of a thing. Um, the, uh, so, but it would make sense that, to your idea, Cole, that it's the ghost from this battle because Van Garl is here. Yeah. And we know that he was a mercenary and he, you know, at one point was working for Vendrick. Mm-hmm. So, and, and this, again, Dark Souls 2 is funny, whereas Dark Souls <laughs> 1 is not very funny. Um, Van Garl is <laughs> awesome. Like, I, I love this, like, you know, get away from me. <laughs> I have no time for you. I'm a loader, Dottie, a rebel. I love yeah. Vengaro. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, actually, now that I'm flapping his old lips, <laughs> it's kind of nice. How's it going? I've gone from mercenary to conversationalist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mercenary to mirthful in just a couple steps. Mirth, mirthy. Yeah. yeah. It's a. <laughs> and he's great. Like he, like he gives you a little history lesson and says, "Yeah, you know what? I, I, I was, I was killed in this battle, and when I woke up, I was in this sorry state. But uh, it's kind of peaceful, and I get to contemplate the finer things and remember nice things about being a whole person. Yeah, you know, <laughs> things I take for granted. Yeah. He's talking directly to the player. Yeah, <laughs> don't take your limb, don't take your torso for granted. Um, <laughs> I'm just picturing somebody like getting a torsectomy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that HR Giger thing we were talking about. Oh before. yeah, yeah. That'll be in the appendix, or just yeah, I got that Rayman surgery. Yeah, <laughs> give me a give me a Rayman. Yeah, free free rebands with Rayman. Um, the uh, how awesome would it be if you could take Van Garo with you and hold him like the Skull Lanterns from Dark Souls One? Oh shit! Like, oh. like he's just a head. And if he exposed and he, lore, and he gives you uh, he gives you hints like the like Zelda. <laughs> The fairy. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully hey, not hey like down that. here. Look, <laughs> listen. Yeah. Listen. I have no time for you. Shut up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow, when I was here, there was a Kroger on that corner. Like, d- d- dude, stop talking about the way things were. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Many Krogers have risen and fallen in this land. <laughs> you, this check in the cash used to be a pizza hut. If you look carefully, you can see the lower details that show. You can see the true. roof. <laughs> the red tile roof tells it every time. Yeah. In a, in a way, every one of our hometowns is like a Lord Run or a drink like that's been <laughs> really taken over. It's really what Dark Souls is all about. Yeah, you can't go home again. It's a- about like multi-use real estate yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so i make minimums um, <laughs> yeah also then garl gives you my favorite gesture in the game oh yeah the decapitate which <laughs> like just just one of them like my favorite invaders are always the people who point directly at me and then do that yeah i gotta get that for when i make my skeleton lord my skeleton scion, skeleton squire, then mm, oh, so yeah. I can be threatening to the people who I'm purporting to help. <laughs> As we mentioned at the beginning, this week's episode is brought to you by Pete Ellison, a designer and DJ who is running a Kickstarter for hand screen printed cute t shirts. 
that's going to be uh, running here. Let's say towards the end or ending towards the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably just just barely got time at the. You know, you got about a week. Can you actually put in a marker? Sorry about that. Yes. For some reason, I was thinking we were an extra sode. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got about a week or so to uh, to support the Kickstarter. And, uh, you know, head up there if you want to see what he's about. If you go to his website, which is uh, Um you can check out some of his music. You can check out his other art, his other T-shirts he has. And it's all super adorable and kind of like video game spacey, um, really bright colors. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's a really, really nice aesthetic. And, uh, you know, I, he's got this. It's a fairly modest goal for this Kickstarter. And there's no reason why he shouldn't make it. And there's no reason why you shouldn't get one of these amazing, super cool T-shirts yeah. to wear over your torso front. <laughs> so. it's, is it a smock, Gary? Yeah. Cover your torso front, people. <laughs> the, the, the back, that's A-OK. Yeah. They, they are. They, the shirts, there's a stretch goal to get backs for the shirts. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, um, you know, but we want him to hit that because it, I can't speak for Cole. But some some of us gentle, full-figured gentlemen have unsightly backs, and <laughs> I don't want anyone to see that hairy morass of yeah. failure and uh, yeah. and you know, swole. <laughs> so yeah, so 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 check out his Kickstarter and help us not see Gary's back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have his back, and as a way of not having mine. <laughs> Yeah, so you, so you make it into this next area, you, you know, the fog clears, and you're in the shaded ruins, which again is kind of a neat, unique looking area for Dark Souls. Um, this kind of like grown over Indiana Jones temple area, almost like wide crumbling structures, mm-hmm. you know, some some kind of town or, or living situation here. Yeah, it's a very literal definition of ruins as well. Because yeah. you're seeing just the foundations of the of most of these places, right? Yeah. Like this used to be a town, a dwelling. Um, yeah. for lion men. Yeah, these guys who we don't know a lot about them, like looking at their equipment, um, they hate being seen mm. and they're not savages. Like they have, uh, if you get their axe, it says something like, um, you know, the craftsmanship shows that these things are more than just beasts. Mm-hmm. You know, they do have infinite poise though. So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that. frustrating. The, the <laughs> yeah. monsters. They've mastered the technology of infinite poise. <laughs> um, it's got rings for, for miles. The, uh, <laughs> And they're also like a huge uh, man. If you are playing a caster, good fucking luck because yeah. these guys' magic resistance is through the roof. Yeah, um, they, they will chew through your stock like crazy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also they inflict curse. Yeah, they have curse curse axes. Yeah, oh. I think the thing that leads people to believe that they are um, constructs by Aldia um, is the fact that in most of their equipment descriptions it says they just kind of popped up in history for some reason. Yeah. But there's also the notion that, like, that also happens with stuff that comes up from underground, too. Yeah. You know? Maybe, maybe they were displaced by the germ or something like that. Yeah. And that would maybe give a little... Because we were talking about in the bonus episode why this area is next to uh, the Doors of Pharos. Mm-hmm. And that could, that could make sense. Yeah. Yeah, but these uh, but these guys are huge sponges. I think that, uh, in, my, in my initial playthrough, this was the biggest wall that I hit. Um you know, the, the the closest I could compare it to would be like two two or two one, just mm-hmm. with the way that the that the resistances were rolled up on those, um, and kind of really force you to vary up your strategy. 
And even something as simple as, you know, taking out a dagger or a club or something like that and getting backstabs on these guys is a tremendous help. But the only problem is, uh, much like the curse pots that you're going to find, the, the, the they are positioned in such a way that they will always call for help. Yeah, they yeah. cover each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk curse pots for a minute. Um, this place <laughs> God, is full, yeah, <laughs> full of these giggling monstrosities. Mm. um the uh which like it does like they cover like when you say they cover each other they do it so well like you smash one and your your meter is still going up and it's like what the hell is going on and like they hide them they're on different planes of elevation um you know above and below you um you know figuring out kind of an optimal path to get through these and actually smash what you need to smash is is really kind of a challenge yeah um, here around corners too, like blind corners, like they they, yeah. they always manage to hide them in a place, you know. And uh, again, making reference to this uh, appendix that we recorded, uh, they cover each other like the uh, like the spitting poison statues in the gutter. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're they're very mindfully placed in order to uh, you know create complications for you as you're trying to wander through what looks to be an open area, right? Right, and, and fighting these these lion clan warriors, which you know, have this infinite poise. You can't stunlock them. You have to be able to avoid their attacks. Mobility is your only option, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and they do a lot of poise damage to you as well. Like, they hit pretty hard. Yeah. And then when you exit this area and look around, there's a gigantic basilisk. <laughs> like, <to the> right. <laughs> Which is, you know, the size of a house. <laughs> Bigger so, than the houses. There's one right there for scale. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess this is the first time you ran to curse pots. But for me, the way I went, it might have been the first time I ran to curse pots. Yeah. It's just a weird mechanic that you don't, really think about right away the first time you walk up to him it's like the hell is going on yeah (laughs) there's a meter and it's filling up very fast i know that's bad (laughs) yeah but what kind of bad (laughs) yeah what what, like what was your strategy for dealing with him jay um i probably moved away and tried to move back and then i don't think i at first i understood that you could just break Mm -hmm. him i think i Mm -hmm. just like tried to move around him yeah and then when I broke one, I was like, oh, sh- okay, that's a lot. I think it might have been the first time I got cursed in this game, too. Yeah. Mm. And then that, that kind of sigh of relief from that. Too. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, that's they're not so bad. But still, I like, I'm losing, whatever, my max health. Yeah. And mm. then that giant basilisk, who doesn't really do anything, is up yeah, there. He's, he's so passive until you yeah. attack him. Um, and, like, one of the smart things they did with bringing the basilisk back, uh, the basilisk back other than just kind of supersizing them, is giving them uh, different attacks because the Dark Souls 1 Basilisk will only kind of run up to you and jump at you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. stuff. These ones actually have melee attacks. So mm-hmm. you know you're, you can't just uh, kind of circle strafe him and, and kill him because he'll smack you with his tail. And, and this guy can, you know, at the most points where I've got to this this area, he can one-shot me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Worth killing, though. I think you get a petrified dragon bone. Yes, you do. Killing him? Ooh, yeah. 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 So... Which is a uh, pretty good, and also Aldia connection with that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's definitely where this guy came from. Yeah, yeah, so. and uh, uh, up around him, if you're not careful as you're trying to circle him, uh, you're going to fall into a false floor um, and into <laughs> a uh, cave network full of other basilisks. In case you thought that all of them had been, you know, in a King Kong esque fashion, evolved to a larger size. Nope, they're down here and they're living in a cave full of acid. <laughs> yeah, frozen <laughs> cave. Um, which, like, if you if you you know, we'll talk a little bit about fragrant branches of yore and how we're using them in this area. Um, but if you use them a specific way and you get this uh, this key, which you you have no way to know this is going to be something you're going to want. Right. Um, like, I feel like the guy who had this key maybe should have been closer to this area. 
Yeah. So it just didn't feel like, oh, the guy who had the Feng key is just on the other side of the map. Why is that? Um, but it, you can you can unlock our artifacts here. Yeah. It's weird because like the 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 guy who has that key is like on the way out, but he, it's not an enemy that you have to unfreeze in order to progress. So you think, okay, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just avoid that trouble. By, by 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 going around so just by going in here seeing that there's a locked door and then hitting it on the way back out like it's encouraging this weird kind of circulation through the area that i think mm-hmm. it's you know decentralized you know design kind of kind of encourages right yeah um, but yeah. You're, you're right like maybe he could be leaning up against the door or something or, or um, near a basilisk because oh, yeah. presumably everyone who's paralyzed that's how they got paralyzed yeah or petrified rather mm-hmm. so it just he's just kind of in the middle of nowhere yeah uh, well. Okay, so you saying that actually shook something loose in me, which is, <laughs> where are these basilisks coming from? Out because... of the giant basilisk's vagina. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. That, that, that would make a lot of sense. That does. That protecting makes... his young. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, like just... squatting over that pit, and that's a little <laughs> brood-like pit. Oh, and that's not acid. That's just uh, uh, basilisk lady stuff. Yeah, just baby cheese. Yeah, That is just surprisingly... That. Uh, a concise and intuitive <laughs> explanation for all that. <laughs> so yeah, this, this so this giant basilisk wanders down from Aldius and is like, yeah, this is going to be a place for me to deposit my brood. So <laughs> when you get to uh, when you get to Drang Lake Castle and there's that giant pool of of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just some some poor you know dragon shrine guy who's just the basilisk scraper. You just have to hook up the device. Well, also, the the Dragon Shrine has all those statues that come to life on the side before you get to the Mirror Knight. Oh, guys, it's all making sense. This is better than the Channelers. (laughs) (laughs) Wheels within wheels, gentlemen. (laughs) You can actually imagine, if you think of the giant basilisk as uh, giving birth like a giant sea turtle, you can imagine him kind of scraping away the ground and creating this pit Mm -hmm. and then covering it with, like, debris. Oh, yeah, because it's like planks. Yeah. Like uh, like almost like a sea turtle. Yeah. <laughs> so. hmm. Huh. Yeah, but you were trying to take us to Ornifex. Oh, yeah. took us down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured I mean, we'll talk more a little bit more about Ornifex in the next area. Yeah. Um, when, she, when she actually sets up shop. But, this um, is this one is of the gonna... biggest holy shit moments in the game for me. Yeah. This area is full of that with the giant basilisk. Mm-hmm. And then with uh, when I first discovered, you know, the secret of man, scorpion, Tark as well. <laughs> oh, man. Deal. Yeah, this is one of my favorite NPC revelations in the game. So yeah, super super good. The uh, but you know this uh, Ornifex who's one of the Velka servants, yeah. like a crow lady, um, who somehow got her smithing skills from you know presumably Seath. Yeah, which doesn't like. There's a weird. There's another place where the lore of the different gods of Dark Souls one crisscross mm-hmm. in this area, and it's when we when we talk about Tark, um, where. It, I think it's more of that kind of history corrupting knowledge or time corrupting history, I guess, or yeah. however you want to put it, where people kind of lose the thread yeah. and history gets mixed up. You know, so I, I wonder how reliable that is. Yeah, that well, she I actually mean, learned from Seath. I, I would have to look at the actual specific language of it, but you know, could that knowledge have been attributed to Seath and passed down, or is she claiming to have learned it directly from him? Yeah, you know, like that is, uh, uh, you know. A, a more tenuous connection than Tark, who pretty much says, yeah, we were made out of clay by this dude. Yeah. Um, well, the, the interesting thing about, like, Tark, so, like, you know, uh, Ornifex relocates. We'll talk about her a little bit more next episode. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Tark, so when you when you find Tark, and we'll, just to, to, you know, not totally lose that plot, 
he says that. He says that more or less implies very strongly they were made by Seath. He also says something about long ago there was another one of our kind that was fused to a spider, which is clearly, you know, referencing Quelag, but Quelag was all demoned up. Yeah. Like that had to do with, you know, a totally different branch of the the souls of Earth. Like that had to do with trying to recreate the first flame. Mm-hmm. You know, turning people into that it had nothing to do with Seath's experiments. Yeah. Seath's experiments, you know, weren't fusing people. It was creating, you know, mimosas or pasakas or I've created a brunch drink that will live the test of time. Uh, <laughs> yes. To fight the demonic screwdrivers. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, it's the, those two things like him saying like, you know, Quelag was a thing just like us, mm-hmm. you know, and also we are made by sea. It seemed contradictory to me in a way that like one of those things seems untrue. Yeah. I mean, there's also the possibility: is this the same Seath? I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. With, like with everything being cyclical, I like the idea of Seath kind of seeing what happened with the experiment that uh, the, the the Witch of Islet did. So I'm like, oh yeah, that like crazily fused people. Maybe there's something I could learn from that in a weird mm-hmm. parallel to what happens with you know Aldia and trying to you know experiment with fusing undead and dragons and stuff, right? Like you know, th- th- this could have been you know, some kind of evolutionary dead end that he abandoned, right? Yeah. I mean, just, he he had no reverence for nature. So he was like, okay, is there something else I can pervert? Okay, yeah, let's do that. It's just different, like, the, um, like, I mean, I don't think it's the same Seath. I think it's, you know, the Duke with, mm-hmm. with Seath, corrupted by Seathness. Yeah, but, like, yeah. they just come from different spots. Like, mm-hmm. one being the kind of science side of Dark Souls and one being yeah. the nature you know, a terrible fecundity of a yeah. nature side of Dark it's, Souls. It's very clearly order versus chaos. Or yeah, explicitly ex- exactly. Yeah. And like having them exist and, and kind of contrast in this dialogue is really confusing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and he didn't, the second bit with where he references Quelag, I didn't get right away. It's kind of deep into a dialogue tree. Like he maybe only mentions it after you kill uh, yeah. uh, the Duke's dear Freya. Hmm. But yeah. Yeah. That, is, that, that is actually totally the case. Yeah, so it, it's just kind of interesting. Like, I don't really know how to justify those two things. Mm-hmm. But the way, you know, he's a cool character. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, and it also works very similar to uh, at least the Fair Lady, right? You have to buy the the Whisper Ring from uh, Sweet Shalcor, which mm-hmm. makes this yeah. area a lot creepier, uh, too, as you're walking <laughs> around. Because you hear... <laughs> yeah. I very much like the idea and i choose to believe that that is that is tarkus in a different oh. world <laughs> yeah i've heard that before too like kind of because of the the plates on his exoskeleton or, or what have you yeah um you know that that he you know fell not too far away from from where uh the duke's archives was and was experimented upon mm-hmm. or he's like a reborn you know like there's the four great souls and then there's <laughs> one tiny little soul and if you find this little tiny side soul you get reborn into tark you just, you just really like I, you know i feel like going out and buying some armor yeah. i don't know it's just the weirdest thing you know you suddenly you just get like you get a craving for uh for like strawberries or something i yeah, just want to like castle g- yeah just like gird my loins and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah i and tark is also one of the most lovable characters dark souls one so. uh, yeah tark is amazing yeah and yeah. and if that, if that's true, if that was intentional, kind of how shitty Man Scorpion Tark is in this fight is another from being <laughs> <Yeah>. willfully, you know, <laughs> yeah. like oh, you the character that could solo the boss for you in the first one, 
here he is and he sucks his like in, in what world does turning a warrior into a half scorpion make him worse <laughs> you know, it's like a way to improve almost anyone like a realistic one like if i immediately gave you like claws and also like 10 extra legs would you know Go what on. to do with them huh? oh would i <laughs> direct you to my blog <laughs> um yeah www.clawblog clawblog.tumblr.blog yeah guru yeah really utilizing those new tlds yeah no i was gonna go stupid like the human scorpion but that is barely even a joke uh so i'm it is it is past one o'clock here yeah it's late so, for Cole. So if Everyone I be sound, gentle to him. If I sound loopy, please don't uh, sound off in the comments. Um, uh. The uh, but the uh, the Ring of Whispers. It's, it's. I'm surprised that you don't use the Ring of Whispers for anything else. Yeah. Like I really want that to be a thing too, and I'm going to take that to every NPC in every area in the DLC, <laughs> just because I want there to be something for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he's a good dude. Like he uh, he wants you to kill his his betrothed. Um, which I love that they're not just like beloved. Like I think he used betrothed specifically, which means they're engaged. <laughs> which is like, who? What organization is this? Like, how, how are you getting engaged in, in this world? Very soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's no, there's no churches. Like, I, like, <laughs> like they're like, you know, I'm, I am registered at Cursed Pottery Barn. <laughs> 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 okay, just dip your tail into this, into this inkwell, and then sign the contract. Yeah, like he he gives her the ring and it's the second soldier's ring, and it's just like you know, endure my love, ten percent more. Um, and then she gives him the chloranthy ring and says, "You could probably do better." Yeah, in the stamina department. Like, honey, we, did, did, we, did, we just wrote the weirdest episode of King of Queens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In, in my most recent games, I've been killing Man Scorpion Turk when I first run into him to get that ring. Yeah. And also because he's actually an interesting NPC fight, hmm. which doesn't happen that often. But he has like, you know, a bunch of different kind of weird sand scuttling moves. Yeah, yeah. I definitely fought him my first time. I killed everybody my first time through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that makes sense because he is in that sandy kind of room. So like, like can you elaborate on the sand scuttliness of it? Um, he has kind of a, a scuttle charge <laughs> that he does. Like he kind of. Uh, flexes up and then scoots across the ground at you really fast mm-hmm. um, which is a unique attack like he doesn't do it to Najka and I've never seen it. it's only if you aggro him hmm. that he does it so yeah. and then lots of spears <laughs> yeah so. I guess he is yeah sorcery the fact that they use sorcery also a seeth connection right yeah yeah the uh, well he doesn't he doesn't use sorcery oh. but, but Najka can Okay. Yeah. The, um, so real quick before we get to, we're almost in Ajka, but just as a, and we're not going to totally talk about this, but this is the second location we found for Dark Diver. Yeah. Um, and this one is one of the more, I mean, they're all very hidden, um, but this mm-hmm. one is also extremely hidden. Yeah. It's also frustrating because if you don't fall into the right uh, hole, you can see it, but yeah. you can't get to it because it's kind of up on a ledge inside the, uh, inside the birthing pit. Yeah. Yes. The birthing pit. Yeah. 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 Oh, the, the smell in that birthing pit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, why, that's why Dark Diver's hanging out there. <laughs> yes. A firecracker went up my nose. I can no longer smell. Um, <laughs> a fire hex. But we'll, we're going to talk about uh, Dark Diving and, and the Pilgrims of the Abyss are going to get their own, uh, be part of a, a episode of extra stuff. Yeah. So we'll get to talk about the best boss fight in the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Um, which is this is not the best boss fight of the game. You no. climb this, this hill to get to Nachka, which like I like, but it's not. Yeah, it's, not it's B minus. Yeah, like I, like I said, this was. I did a different order, so this is pretty early for me. So oh, this yeah. was one of the holy shit moments for me. Like I was texting my buddy, and we were making our way through, <laughs> and I pretty much I got through the lost center, then I came straight here, and I was it was pretty normal, I'd say so far, and then I walked in, and there was a giant scorpion that had homing missiles that was uh or homing soul masses that was charging at me and killed me like instantly and i was like oh my god this is definitely yeah. <laughs> i definitely have to find a different way to go in retrospect uh, going back she wasn't that difficult and it wasn't that exciting but first time was a holy shit moment for me i guess maybe well, i'm inured to it because this is kind of on the face of it one of the harder branches so i was discouraged from this whole area quicker than you were jay yeah yeah like, like, like she wasn't the wall. Like by the time I felt I was equipped to get past the lion guys or get through the fog or whatever, I, I was more than able and willing to take out Nachka, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the magic is really the threat here here with with her and the, her intro where she's half buried. <laughs> you know, I really like that and does the the spell against you. And if you can't uh, get out of the way of that, like it's really easy to get stunlocked by in multiple hits. From, yeah. from both of her magic attacks. And once you um, learn to stand on the stones, then it's ultra easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like a Zelda fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, that's a, that's a great... That's exactly what it is. And it, I did not get that my first first playthrough. No. No. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fun to sunbro here and show people that. Yes. Like, um, yeah, go over to that and do, like, the shrug animation until they join you. <laughs> then, you know, eh? 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 The shrug, um, decapitate, shrug, decapitate. Yeah. yeah. Once I figured out how to just bait out her pincer attacks, then it was really easy after that. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, one of the things that's interesting about her is that the pincer attacks, um, you can, by when you attack those, her tail takes very little damage and you can cut off her tail, but you don't want to. Like you want her to do the pincer attack and then go around because if she loses her, her tails, um, she just does her, she does like way more sorcery. You know, yeah. and way more uh, spear attacks, which are still really telegraphed, but a little bit harder to dodge. Um, yeah. So it, it's all about getting her to do the tail attack and then running around to the side while she's recovering from it. And I don't remember if I ever found out how to pick up the item that's hanging on the tree up there. It's you just really, get to run just, into that. It's just luck. You just play Toro with her until it not, gets knocked down. And it's uh, okay. it's just a bunch of flame butterflies, which are, you know, valuable in their own right. Like they're not super common but but because, a bit of a letdown after yeah, all the work yeah. you did <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I mean, for, for the idea that they are something that could be lost forever i'm kind of happy it's something not consequential but yeah. because it is um so hard to do it would have been nice if it was something a little with a little bit more oomph like maybe some human effigies yeah. or something and it also uh is a little disappointing that cutting off her tails isn't giving you anything yeah totally yeah, yeah tail weapons is something i definitely miss Mm. Yeah, tail weapons was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, we I don't think we explicitly said that you can summon Tark for this fight, yeah. which is the the first time that you can summon a non humanoid enemy mm-hmm. to help you with one of these things, which is pretty neat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's but he's just so he's so bad, like he just does so little damage. <laughs> um, like I I've well, had him survive the it fight. Fits it, it fits him with the lore. He's <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very sad to man. be doing all that damage. 
Mm. Yep, he is a reduced man. <laughs> Spouse aside. Yeah. Yep. But uh, uh, the, he, he is useful to a certain extent when she uh, burrows. She can't burrow under him. Mm. So you can actually hide behind him as kind of a shield. Mm. So he's more of a defensive uh companion than offensive right whereas most of the npcs you summon are either getting their attention or uh doing damage for you in the case of like you know the case of some of the caster ones you find um you know that th- that is kind of his secret hidden use yeah and he and he he does a good job of getting her attention he just doesn't do very much damage and and dies quickly yeah so yeah but that's Nashka. She's kind of like a mini boss. It almost feels like like she's yeah. not. You know, she doesn't seem that substantial. Um, but I can definitely see if you you come here a little bit earlier. Like all the bosses can be hard if you if you sequence break them. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Is there another boss that kind of has as explicit of a connection? I, I I'm really in a bad way right now, so I can't draw any to the to mind. But like this is meant to echo and evoke Quellog. Right. Oh, um, you know, the uh, authority of the royal rat. Even that is more of a kind of an abstract mechanical uh, comparison, uh, you know, to, to, to Capra, right? Like not just to the Capra, idea. To, to, um, not to, uh, no, 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 that's not actually what I meant. I meant um, to, um, boy, why is, I'm, I'm also having the sleepsies. Um, I think he's uh, talking Sif. about Sif. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like he, he fights just like, just like Sif. It's like Sif without our, our honor. Like if Sif brought yeah. friends and puked on you instead of like sword fighting you, <laughs> yep, that's what authority of the royal rat is. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, your I mean, your point is is still well taken. I mean, Ven, um, Vengarl and uh, the royal Aegis. Oh, that, that's yeah, a really yeah, direct that, that connection be, too. Yeah, so there are some, but it it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I just, mm-hmm. you know, again, in, in, in an area that kind of feels like it's full of holy shit moments with Warren effects and with Tark's admission and, and everything, you know, that like this is meant it's a laser guided missile right at people who have played Dark Souls one. Yeah. You know, in, in, in a way that some of the other places in the game don't feel explicitly that way. Um, and also in a way that isn't, you know, incredibly fan service. like, hey, guys, remember this? Yeah, you know? it's, it's yeah. not just full of zombie solares or something like that. Yeah, like... They're, they're, they're not trying to score cheap <laughs> points or well, I would say that this kind of branches like that too, because you know, authority of the royal rat is uh, definitely evoking Sif. And then when we get to the Saldora, mm-hmm. you know, that is supposed to, you know, that was the first visual area. Where I was like, oh shit, you know, not made of the first because I, I think I actually went here before I went to the gutter, um, where I was like, oh shit, like this is like they're excavating crystals here. Like this is, you know, I thought that they were totally just excavating Seath's body. Yeah. One hundred percent what the, the theory Which, I was going through until I got there. I mean also isn't entirely inaccurate. It is inaccurate in its way. But Yeah. yeah. But yeah, could could have a you know, truth. But this this area does have a lot of like Dark Souls one things set up in contrast to. Mm-hmm. Um which I'm okay with. Yeah. Um yeah. And also I'd feel remiss if I didn't say the notion of standing on the stone in Najka's boss arena. Uh, again, underlines this um, underlines the the arenas really taking precedence in these boss mm. fights. You know, uh, we're going to see that in Earth and Peak, but we've really said it a lot up to up till now, like in, in, in a much bigger way than in the, than Dark Souls One. I've, I've found. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Do we, do we have any any wrap up thoughts for these areas? I mm. I personally do not. Uh, I'm 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 excited and kind of dreading going to Seldora again because that is my white whale a little bit yeah. <laughs> in terms of the area and in terms of the boss um, yeah. with, with, with both uh, the Royal Rat Authority and uh, um, Freya. 
So like this is kind of a nice welcome reprieve to when I liked this branch unequivocally mm-hmm. and yeah. um, <laughs> just filling me with dread about what's about to come up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jay? <laughs> um, Filled with dread? This, uh, <laughs> not, not dread. This place, um, I'll, I'll always enjoy it. I never remember when I go back and play through, I never remember which way it connects to which <laughs> and I, I'm never upset about that because it's like I said, it's it's mysterious. It's kind of in the middle. Um, it's a it's a fun little place and has some unique enemies. And I enjoyed that part of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I agree. I'm I'm with you as <laughs> well. What <laughs> I also have little to add that I didn't already say. But I'm looking forward to to Saldora. Like I think that area is very interesting and didn't have quite as hard a time, but it was also super tough. So was very memorable for me. Yeah. Um, what are we doing next time, Cole? Well, next time we are going into uh, um, both Saldora, uh, taking yeah, the uh, yeah the, 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 <laughs> the necessary detour slash tour through uh, the Drozd of Pharos and uh, fighting authority, the Royal Rat. I hope everybody gets that joke. Uh, can you put that video in the show notes? Once I've done again? it twice now. I know. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It, it's getting close to that. Yeah, I'm no pre, longer pre, putting it in yeah, anymore. Yeah, pre-tape Colin show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Those videos it, are made by the guys who do the uh, who make the service that I keep track of my game collection on. I had no actually. idea. I love yeah, those videos. Do you watch the great. Shovel Knight one? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Those <laughs> things are awesome. Have you seen these things, Jay? Like they're on YouTube. It's these people who do fake '90s tip videos for modern uh-uh. games. No, oh, I I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. That, then I will put it in the out. show notes. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, we're going there. We don't have a guest uh, pinned down just yet, but uh, keep an eye on Facebook uh, for that particular announcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Jay, um, you know, I want to just thank you again for joining us. Yeah. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter all day, every day, because I do that sort of thing. It's <laughs> at J-K-A-R-T-J-E. And I'm also the man with the plan behind the Dark Souls Facebook. Uh, so I'm nice. on there watching your... <laughs> rants and raves and i'm on dark souls 2 subreddit mostly <laughs> lurking hoping that you're not being too mean to each other <laughs> but thank you very much for having me this is fun yeah. oh but my, my pleasure yeah like i was really happy to be able to do it and really happy to, to meet you and, and have you on yeah we really appreciate yes. you uh taking the time yeah so just uh we we let jay go um, to do our admin stuff, just so you know, you guys have to listen to this, but he doesn't have to. He's the <laughs> community manager of Bandai Namco. He's he's earned that privilege. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So what uh what can people do? Cole? Well, uh, people can check us out on Facebook. We're at facebook.com/slash bonfiresidechat. And on that social tip, you can also tell a friend. You know, uh, Dark Souls is a very evangelical game, and you're probably trying to good people into playing. Say, hey, we've got these buddies that you can listen to. They get people on to talk about stuff in depth. Play along. It's uh, it is there in perpetuity throughout the universe for you to enjoy. Um, so uh, that, that that is a huge way to help us grow. Yeah. Um, if you want to support us directly, you can go to duckfeed.tv forward slash tip jar. There's an Amazon referral link there. Mm-hmm. And you can also find a link to our Patreon campaign where you can kick us a couple bucks a month. Yeah. Get the shows early, participate in our live stream, which is as proven two times in a row now to be a super fun time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, lots of other cool rewards. Also, um, I, am, I am holding on to this month's um, postcards. They're great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. The, um, um, in, in addition to the, the tip jar thing, we've added uh, the United Kingdom and Canada to that. So if oh, you're yeah. in any of those regions, 
uh, you can now participate in that. That is uh, a great way to support the network. That is, uh, you know, uh, where we get a lot of our funding from. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It's the same Amazon you always go to, and uh, we get a kickback from it. So that mm-hmm. is the way that works. I, I always want to make sure that the nature of that affiliate link is explicitly clear because I don't want you to feel like you're getting duped into anything. That is the way yeah. it works. It doesn't charge you like 10% extra or anything. No. It's just Amazon. It's just a, it's, it's a little bit extra to go out of your way. It's a finder's yeah. fee that Amazon pays out of their pocket, exactly. not yours. Yeah. 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 Amazon gives us a little bit of money for sending people their way. Yeah. Have you heard about Amazon? It's great. Yeah. See? <laughs> well, that that place sets. you're buying everything from anyway? Yeah. yeah. Amazon awareness has never been higher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not, I mean, uh, I, I don't mean it, Mr. Amazon. Uh, <laughs> continue to give us referral money. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah. Like he's our angry boss coming over to dinner. Yeah. Is, Am- is Amazon Larry Tate in this situation, <laughs> <Yeah>. Gary? <laughs> yep. Uh, Mr. Amazon. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Amazon. I'm I didn't mean so to tell him. I mean to tell him about you, Mr. Amazon. I swear. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you turning into Gabriel Knight? Uh, no, no, that was not Gabriel Knight. I mean, I am turning into Gabriel Knight. Every day <laughs> so, I'm turning into Gabriel yeah. Knight. But that is not. Every uh, day you're knighting. <laughs> Every, every night I'm I'm daying. The um and and uh, you can also go to duckfeed.tv and check out other shows and 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 such. I want to make a special note. Um if you like to read things, um I have started a new blog called the Infinity Engineers. Um Infinity, I said Infinity. Infi- <laughs> I, boy, I shouldn't be this tired. I think I'm just catching it from you. Yeah. Um or the mic. Uh the Infinity Engineers, which is about old CRPGs, and I'm starting a in-depth, um, really, really slow, considered look at Baldur's Gate. Um, starting in a week. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but you can check out the first entry and the kind of intro post yeah. for that. Yeah, check it out. It's uh, it's 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 really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you should check it out. And you should uh, also check out uh, Hexcrank. There's a new Hexcrank coming. Yes, yes, it, yes it is. Yeah, uh, it's it's in edit. Um, I Basically, what happens is I write every article in a, uh, in a uh, uh, let's say, hour to 90 minutes of frenzied writing and formatting. And then I edit for days mm-hmm. and days and days. So... <laughs> that, that that should be uh, coming out sometime around the time this episode happens, and it's about Waxworks, which is a surprisingly bad slash, uh, um, let's say, pioneering game. I hate that word, but it uh, it, it definitely does apply. It uh, it forecasts a lot of stuff we're going to see in the survival horror genre, which is what Hexcrank is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do do all those things. Yeah, and, and also uh, you know continue listening. Stick around. We oh, really yeah. we really appreciate you guys. Um, yeah. This yeah, is... I mean, do do whatever you want. Like this is just <laughs> yeah. a play request. Yeah, yeah. Like first, do no harm. <laughs> Second, do whatever you want. Three, <laughs> do all those supporting the show things we talked about. It's the <laughs> the, can, the try Hippocratic oath. <laughs> oh, and uh, check out the uh, the Kickstarter campaign that we mentioned at the beginning, which oh, is yeah. headed by uh, Pete Ellison. Yeah. So if you go to uh, um you will see a link to that as well as the rest of his work. Really cool prints and uh, and T-shirts and such they sells and cool music. So yeah. definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Gary, mm-hmm. I really want to go to bed. And I can't, yeah, I can't underline enough to everybody, please take it easy on me if I said any inane bullshit. You, you didn't say anything. <laughs> you're, being, you're being crazy. It was no big deal. You're, if It makes me wonder if... Because you didn't seem any more like I didn't think you're. I don't think you're usually inane. You don't seem that different than how you do normally, which makes me wonder like how you perceive yourself in normal episodes versus <laughs> like I think that says more about your self perception than anything. Because you, you didn't seem that off to me, okay. which is good. Like that in in one way is a compliment, but also the fact that you're so sensitive about it and feel like you were really off like probably says something. You know, I think that um, because my day has been. 
20 hours long so far. Yeah. I, I think that my, my, my willpower dissolves, and uh, as that goes down, so does uh, my, my sensitivity to my, to my horseshit go up. So, yeah. So you're, you're in prime, like, brainwashing territory. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I haven't had a lot of protein today. Uh, yeah. So. The leader is good. The leader is great. Um, <laughs> surrender our will as of this date. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, good night. Well, let's get cold. Let's get cold to bed. Okay. Everybody say good night, Cole. <laughs> At once. All right. And see. Boombasa. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. And also, uh, along that tip, tell a friend um, as mm-hmm. we are, you know, con- continuing to uh, mature this community. Holy shit, man. I am so mm-hmm. sorry. <sighs> <laughs> my God. I, I am not on my game. All right. it's, yeah. it's okay, buddy. Yeah. Like, don't, I mean, don't don't feel bad on my account. Yeah. Like, we're we're almost done. Like, yeah. definitely. I mean, this it's like ten thirty for me. This is no big deal. Yeah. Just uh, just take the time you need okay. to get through it. And yeah. All right. Yeah. So, okay. I'll, so I'll take that. Don't yeah. beat yourself up. Yep. <laughs>